Hey, welcome to Living Simply with Sam. I'm your host, Sam Palmieri, and each week we will talk to people just like you and I who are trying our best to find our balance when it comes to fitness, nutrition, mental health, and just day-to-day life. We all know how chaotic life can be, and hopefully this show will help you see things a bit more simply. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the show. This week we have Cassandra Paradis, right? Paradis. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Cassandra is a newly first-time mom, and she's gonna talk today about you know what that was like becoming a mom. Uh, she's also a military wife, so she's gonna talk a little bit about that and just her whole journey throughout becoming a mom, being a mom now, and what all of that is like. So, Cassandra, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself first. Okay. So, let's see. How old am I? I'm 27. <laughs> uh, I had Isla nine months ago, which is crazy. Um, like you said, I'm a first-time mom. I'm a military wife, so I've been doing this military wife life for, oh, goodness, like six years now. So we've been to Georgia, Louisiana, Georgia, and now Colorado as of two weeks ago. And yeah, my fitness journey started probably four or five years ago. I've had a lot of ups and downs since. And I think I'm finally at a place where I'm I'm healthy physically and mentally. So I'm excited to share it. Oh, we love that. Um So how did you originally get into fitness? Uh, Were you super into fitness back in college or was it something you found once you graduated? Yeah, it was definitely once I graduated. So I don't know if you remember, I was definitely not fit in college, which is fine. You don't need to be. I was fully enjoying college. But in October of 2018 is when I got engaged. So right off the bat, I, I just knew I wanted to get in better shape for my wedding. So Uh, We got engaged in October and we were getting married in May. It was fast. So between in about six months, I lost over 40 pounds, I think it was. Um, And that's not to say that I did it the right way. This is something I do talk about a lot with people is I definitely fell for all those diet, um, you know, the 1200 calorie ads, mm-hmm. the pinch, the Pinterest pictures, you know, I fell right in that trap and I started calorie counting and I wasn't macro counting. I was just calorie counting and I was only eating 1200 calories a day, sometimes less. It was horrible. I was miserable, but you know how it goes. You see the number drop on the scale. You get so fixated over it. You get it. And I thought I was regardless of how you're doing a, it. a thousand percent addicted, even if I was super unhealthy, which I was and mentally I was a disaster I was so all over the place so I could talk about that forever so anyway by the time it was my wedding I lost over 40 pounds um and then right after my wedding Kyle went to the border for six months literally two weeks after our wedding and so I went up to Connecticut and that's where I was like okay I gotta do something for myself what do I want to do so I went to school to become a personal trainer And I was trying to fix my relationship with food and exercise by doing that. It ultimately didn't do that because that's not how you fix it, (laughs) you know? So I ended up actually hitting my lowest weight ever 
in Connecticut and it was just sickly low. I, I remember looking in the mirror and being like, this ain't it. This isn't what you want. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't want to do this. Um, and I, I won't talk about scale numbers just because I don't want yeah. anyone else to absolutely get strung up on them. Like I used to, um, but it was low. And so, um, once he was back from the border about six months later, and I had somebody around me also to see what I was doing, I couldn't be as restrictive. Mm -hmm. um, and he was really into working out. He found it at the border, lifting weights and stuff. We started lifting together and that was awesome. And that's where I think it started to heal a little bit. And I wasn't calorie tracking anymore. I stopped that. And um, yeah, then it was January of 2020. <laughs> we moved to Georgia. <laughs> From Louisiana, right and the world the fun started, <laughs> and the world shut down, baby. <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess to take it full circle, just for the diet and getting that in track wise was that's where I found my love for yoga. Was when the world shut down because there wasn't much else to do, mm -hmm. and yoga really helped me because I was able to let go of the amount of calories I was burning and being addicted to that number on my watch. Where I was like, no, I can just enjoy it, understand that this is a privilege and that I don't need to burn 600 calories to be fit, you know? Mm -hmm. So yoga did that for me and it was amazing. And then also in that time, in the beginning of 2020, we became plant-based vegan. And that changed my world like so much because when you're eating that clean, I never felt the need to care about how much I was eating of it mm -hmm. because it, it, it's, it's already so healthy. So yeah, 2020 until around November, December was the best I had been physically and, and mentally. It was, it was awesome. What made you switch to the vegan? So we watched, vegan. we watched a documentary on Netflix called what the hell. Oh, okay. And, and actually, it was my husband, Kyle, who was like, let's do this. And that oh, night. also vegan. Oh, yes. He did it with me. Sorry, I didn't say that part. He did it wow. with me. We both loved it. And um, that night, which you don't have to do the all or nothing approach. Kyle and I are very much all or nothing people. Yeah. So we threw everything out in our apartment. All the, you know, animal food, the dairy food, all of it. Threw it all out. And started the next day. And lasted almost a year or I think we wow. might've made it a full year uh, being plant-based and it was, it was awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Um, so obviously, so what are some of the benefits of being, you know, plant-based vegan, if you know them, or was it something that, you know, it was just a moral thing for you? No, mine was not moral. Um, at all, which I noticed some vegans is going to be like, <gasps> but our, ours was strictly health related just from the science. I, I yeah. have science brain. And the second I could see numbers and see studies and just put all of that in front of myself, I was like, wow, <laughs> like it's mind blowing once you see all of that and then it's hard to forget it. And so I firmly believe in the mind gut connection as well. And my gut was so clean eating that way that my mental health was so good too. Mm -hmm. And so it was just this 
continuous relationship that, yeah, it, it almost leaves me speechless <laughs> because it's crazy what eating well, quote unquote, mm-hmm. can do can do for you. Because I say quote unquote because that's different for everybody, which I firmly yeah. believe as well. Um, and then on top of that, if we're going to get graphic, going to the bathroom number two was awesome. <laughs> I never... <laughs> I, I never had a problem with that because I was eating so much fiber, yeah. you know, so that always made me not bloated. I felt great. Um, now, is there anything, is there anything that you're sort of like slacking on, like supplement wise? Like, are there any vitamins that you're not getting by eating that yeah. way? Do you have to take any supplements for that's that? That's a big, uh, that's the big stereotype, right? As like the negative yeah. thing of being vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong. You're definitely... It's B12 is the big one that they say you're missing. Okay. Um, but if you just do a little more research and if you're actually, this is the difference. So if you're actually plant-based and eating mostly plants, you're going mm-hmm. to get all the nutrients you need. But if you're vegan and you're quote unquote, a junk food vegan, and you're still just eating the processed stuff, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not getting nutrients. So that's where they would be missing their B12 because they're not eating meat, but they're not eating plants either. Because B12 gotcha. is from your meat. Yeah. So I would say I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was missing much. I did even, I did go as far as to get my blood drawn to make sure. Um, because I knew we'd want to be trying to get pregnant at the end of that mm-hmm. year too. And everything came back beautiful. So oh, wow. I, I just recommend getting your blood drawn and keeping on top of it and to try and focus on eating plants, mm-hmm. you know? And then you don't really have to worry about it as much. Wow. Now, did you stay that way? When did you stop? Like, what, when you got yeah. pregnant? Or <laughs> So, I know I'm ranting and raving how amazing it is that I'm not one anymore. <laughs> um, but it's a funny story. Well, kind of funny. So, in November of 2020 that year, we were ready to start trying to have a baby. And we were fortunate enough to get pregnant that first month we tried. And uh, five weeks later, on December 18th, I had a miscarriage. Uh, it was an early miscarriage, but uh, try not to get emotional. Stop. I'm going to get emotional because I, I re- re- so vividly remember your yeah. Instagram posts. Well, I was going to say was... that to you because I remember seeing you announce that you were pregnant and I had had a miscarriage and I... Anybody who was announcing, because it was the holidays, everybody was announcing, mm-hmm. I had to mute everybody on Instagram who got to have what I didn't have, you know? Yeah. And um, you were one of them that I had to mute for a while until I got back into a better headspace. And it's it's hard because you're so happy for those people, yeah, but you're but so angry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how come, this is still something I struggle with, how come other people don't lose their first pregnancies. Why did I have to? Why was that my christening into pregnancy? Like, yeah. So yeah, December 18th, I had a miscarriage and my mental health, of course, right away just plummeted. Um, and I'm definitely somebody who uses food to cope. Most of the time, that's still something I'm trying to learn every single day. Um, it didn't stop me from being vegan yet, but I was definitely already on a downward spiral. And so we decided, okay, because we weren't sure if we want, how soon we wanted to try again. But because I had an early miscarriage, 
I ovulated again a few weeks later and we were like, all right, screw it. Let's just do it. So we did. And again, we were very, very, very lucky to get pregnant our second try. And, um, I found that out exactly one month after the miscarriage on January 18th. It was a beautiful, heartbreaking moment. And, um, that one stuck that ended up being Isla. Oh my God. I'm so crying. Stuff. It's, it's good news here on out. But as far as going back to the vegan part, <laughs> I was so sick. I got sick starting at before five weeks along. I, and it wasn't like some people where they have, you know, they're throwing up constantly. I almost wish I could throw up. It was just constant debilitating nausea where I almost wish trigger warning, I could have made myself throw up. Like that's how miserable I was. Um, and that was from weeks four, probably till 16. And so anything <laughs> that resembled a plant could not go near <laughs> me. It all sounded disgusting. It all smelled disgusting. I couldn't even drink coffee. And if you know me, that is, yeah. that's, a, that's a sin. I couldn't drink coffee <laughs> and that's it, it was so bad. So I ended up surviving and I hope this helps somebody else to not feel bad because all I ate for literally 12 weeks was fast food. I mean, I went from a plant-based vegan to a fast food junkie <laughs> so hard and so fast. And I was also emotionally eating because I was so scared. So it was just this constant merry-go-round um so that's where being plant-based ended (laughs) i miss it so much i really do but also on the same token i wouldn't say it was restrictive but i just i'm at the point where i don't feel like i want to be in one category if that makes sense yeah and i don't want that for my daughter to watch either and feel pressured by anything Of course, as you know, having a baby changes all of it, everything. And so, you know, we told ourselves, okay, when she's born, we'll go back because I, there was no way I was doing it while I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, Those cravings are intense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, then once she was here, I was like, no, you know, I don't, I don't want her to feel pressure by anything. And I don't want to be back in that bubble. And that's not to say I never will, but for right now, I just, I don't think it would work. But I am an advocate for it. Um, so if you don't mind, um, going back to, you know, being pregnant for the first time, like how did that affect you being pregnant um, with Isla now? Oh, man. <laughs> got to take a deep breath for that one. It, it affected everything. There wasn't a second of the day, and I know that sounds dramatic, but that's how it was for me, that I didn't spend convincing myself we were going to lose her. I'm trying not to cry again. It's okay. <laughs> I'm I mean, probably going to cry with you. I cried, and it, it wasn't just pregnancy hormones. I just cried every mm-hmm. single day from being scared, whether I was six weeks pregnant or 36. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to trigger warning, like baby loss and stillbirth, because you know, every single week I would just convince myself what's the next thing that can go wrong. So once we were out of the first trimester and we were past like an early miscarriage, I was like, okay, well, 
now, um, you know, we're going to, I'm going to give birth before she's viable and we're going to lose her. So like, that would be my next scare. And then once we were past viability, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to have a stillbirth. Something's going to happen to her. And from weeks 24 after viability until literally 40 weeks, I was absolutely convinced that that was going to happen. And I'll go into this when we talk about when she was born, but it's, it was all I could think about. I could not let myself just think that she was going to make it. Meanwhile, I had a husband who was like, she's going to be here. I have no yeah. doubt about it. Like she, <laughs> she's coming, you know? And um, so I did have to start Buspar, which is a pregnancy safe anxiety medication. Okay. I started that about halfway through because my midwife was like, at this point, you're doing more damage to you and her being so anxious mm-hmm. than any than anything a, a abuse bar could do at this point. You know, so when she put it in that perspective, I was like, okay, sign me up. If it's going to help me and help my baby, say less, as you know. Yeah. Like, that's it. So yeah. I was on abuse bar. And then October 2nd, labor started. <laughs> October 3rd, after a long labor, she came. And uh, this was something I wanted to talk about. I know it's not necessarily a pregnancy podcast. No, I'm literally, gonna... I'm all for it. Cause... Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the birth story, but I just, yeah. the part where she was finally on my chest after nine months of convincing myself this was not going to happen. And also, of course, my daughter being my daughter had to scare the shit out of us first. Mm-hmm. And and decide not to cry until the very oh, last second before they are about to take her. So she just had to like give me one more scare. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to say this in case anybody ever listens to this feels the same way because this was something nobody ever told me. And instead of feeling this overwhelming amount of like love and admiration and like mama bear like I am now. Honestly, all I felt was relief. Like I was so indifferent. It shocked me. I was just like, okay, I can breathe. She's here. Cool. But it wasn't this like, I love you so much, you know, like I am now. (laughs) And then, you know what we do as mothers and you spiral and you're like, well, why aren't you thinking of it that way? Like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you just totally in love with her? Like you just spent nine months wanting, only wanting this. Like, so why are you not feeling that way? And I just wish somebody was like, listen, homie, (laughs) your hormones are dumping the fuck out right now. (laughs) Like, you're not going to be okay for a while. And that's okay. And that was so true for me. I had the, uh, what what is it called? The postpartum blues. Yeah. I had those really, 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 really bad. Um, And again, I want to talk about this because I want other people to know it's okay. That day we went home to the hospital and apparently that's your worst hormone dump, like day three or something. Um, I sat on the couch, looked at my husband, looked at my baby and was like, I can curse, right? Absolutely. Okay. I looked at them and this is hard to, this is hard to say, but it's real shit. And I was like, oh, I fucked up. I just fucked my whole life up. That's how I felt. And I couldn't believe I was feeling that way because like conscious Cassandra, who's like all the way back here being muffled by my hormones was like, what are you saying? 
Like, this is not how you feel. Yeah. But all my hormones are like, no, this is how you feel. Your life is over. Like, you're never going to sleep again. You're never going to be happy again. Your hoo-ha is never going to be the same again. Like, <laughs> you know? And I, I had never heard of somebody telling me that before. Nonetheless, telling me that it's normal. And so my biggest piece of advice for that before I forget is tell your partner everything, no matter how fucked up it's sounds. Just tell them. Somebody needs to know, and that is your biggest, your, what's the word, like, supporter that you have during this mm -hmm. new season of life. Like, not only should you tell them, but they deserve to know what, what you're feeling. And odds are some of the feelings they're, they're going to be feeling too. Not in the same yeah. degree, but Kyle would admit that he had anxiety, and that would make me feel better. And, you know, we would just lean off of each other. And so, anyway, sorry, I'm talking in a loop, but I had the blues, oh and I... I cried every night for two for two weeks, just like the typical pamphlet says. <laughs> I I was a wreck, but you know you get through it. And then I will say, even after the two weeks, I still was like, "All right, where is this big surge of love gonna come from?" Because I don't mm -hmm. feel it. I don't understand. And I would be on Reddit pages googling other moms, like trying to figure out if this is normal. And of course it is. And so many moms would be like, "Yeah, mine didn't come until three months. Mine took six. Mine took six weeks, blah, blah, blah. And that made me feel so much better. And lo and behold, um, mine came around six weeks postpartum. When she could start to smile and interact with me and wasn't just like a leech, yeah. <laughs> it changed my perspective. And also your hormones really do start to chill out after six weeks. Um, yeah. And that's where everything kind of started clicking, so to speak. Uh, yeah. No, I feel you. Like when I was <laughs> when I was pregnant, sort of I had to go on um Zilfran, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so it's for depression because I was just so I I was trigger warning, I had so many thoughts of self harm and everything. Even though I was pregnant, I obviously would never want to hurt her. Like I just yeah. did not want to be anywhere around yeah because my grandma was having dementia so I ended up couch hopping for the first like two trimesters I was on midnight to my first trimester at work and then I was couch hopping I was staying with Carlos for two weeks driving all the way to Queens to go stay with him for a little bit then I would go to my friend Danny's house for a couple weeks and then I ended up just staying at my aunt's um for the longest time that's where I stayed the longest because my mom was still in Delaware with co from COVID she was working from home my grandma had such bad dementia that like I would come home at like 8 a.m to sleep and she'd be up screaming and I couldn't Ugh. get any sleep so I had to you know do what I had to do and I just thought I was like this isn't fair I shouldn't have everyone gets to enjoy their pregnancy and I just feel like I'm just miserable well that's that social media yeah that, that social media thing too is that like pregnancy should only be enjoyable you should only love it you should love every second you should be nothing but grateful you're never allowed to be anything but that and yeah I that's what I went into thinking how it was gonna be and that smacked me in the face <laughs> real quick and then the more you talk to people like you or my sister-in-law or anybody else in between you're like oh it's actually more normal to not be constant rainbows and butterflies when you're pregnant 
Um, yeah, social media gave this huge thing of like how everyone should enjoy their pregnancy and you should be so happy and you should be glowing and and all this stuff. And I literally felt like shit. I yeah, and I never I had the pregnancy glow. Never, ever, ever. What is that? <laughs> you know the one day I enjoyed my pregnancy, my baby shower. What? That was it. Yeah, yeah, I, me too. <laughs> that me was too. the only thing I I enjoyed out of it. Um, yeah, but then I completely this, agree. The same way you were about people announcing their pregnancies right after you had your miscarriage. That was me mm-hmm. after I gave birth and then I saw all these other people giving birth and they had incredible normal birth experiences and yeah. they ended up having to knock me out. I didn't get any skin to skin contact. They didn't do my core blood. That. I didn't get to literally hold her until the day we took her home five days later. And I know how you said that they, like, your third day is when all, like, it's your worst hormone day. My third day, I was also on a magnesium drip that makes you want to, yeah, rip your skin You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I remember I would just, I was sitting in the hospital bed just crying, and I'm watching this motherfucker sleep. And I'm like, yeah. I'm glad he's sleeping. Yeah, I know. I'm over here crying. I remember being in labor. I'm in labor and I am just like wired and he's sleeping. Like the whole time I was in <laughs> right, labor, you, it was you fine. Like, I, he was fine. He was. Did up, you get induced? Like, I did because I had preeclampsia. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So, I think I'm confusing yours and um, Jenna's. Oh, but that little one, she's first. Was similar, right? To, um, I think she she had a C-section, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just remember you guys were like. I'm linking yours together because they were at a similar time. We were, I think, a month or two apart. Yeah, because she went, she went into birth or labor, like early. Like yeah, 30, 36, right? Like a yeah. month early. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I was watching come... everybody like a hawk, mm-hmm. so jealous that they were giving birth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no! And then, like, once we got home, luckily, like my mom was a big help because she was living with us then. And um, yeah. Carlos moved in, but Carlos was doing midnights in Harlem mm, yeah. during those first couple weeks. And I'm like, fantastic. Love this. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I can't get off the chair, Yeah. let alone you want me to get up and change her and feed her and all I can't this imagine. stuff. Like, and I couldn't breastfeed. I just, it, it didn't work out. I ended up not wanting to do it anyway, just with when I had to go back yeah. to work, I didn't have to worry about pumping yeah. and oh, yeah. having her rely on it. See, so, what I hate, though, is that women feel the need, like you just did, to, that you explain. have to disclaim. Mm, mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. <laughs> you know, and that's coming from somebody who I have exclusively breastfed for nine months. Yeah. And I will sit here and look at you and be like, it is not for anyone or everyone. Yeah. And you do not ever need to give a reason as to why you don't want to breastfeed whether it's just because you don't want to or because it didn't work mm-hmm. out it doesn't know. matter your baby i feel fed, like people are like, oh well you're such love. a fed is best that's literally what i will live by until yep. the day i die because she was on there formula is no right out the hospital yep there's no study that's like oh your child's shittier if they're on formula <laughs> like that's not a thing like who cares yeah, I, I hate that divide. I really do. I think it's the stupidest thing. There are so many worse situations where parents actually just don't care about their children. 
and you're fixated on somebody who is spending the insane amount of money on formula to feed their child, get real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get real. And now I just feel so bad for the people who are using formula with this whole like shortage now. And I'm like, oh yeah, literally whatever I had I, left once she started, like even before she was 12 months, I think I started trying to give her regular milk around like 11, 11 and a half months. Whatever I had in the closet left over, I would just give it to whoever needed it. Cause I was like, yeah, she's, she's at the I age had it's okay of, for her um, to drink milk. Like, yeah, I had a ton of milk that I had um, like used the Haka for or pump yeah. thinking, okay, in case I need it, which thankfully I never did. Yeah. But I ended up having like a freezer full. So I gave it all to my, my best friend in Georgia who was using formula. And I was mm -hmm. like, please just take this because yeah. God forbid with this shortage, like that way it means something to me. It's going to my niece. It's not getting mm -hmm. wasted. Yeah. And I could take care of you a little bit because this is insane. Yeah. So yeah, that's my Crazy spiel times. on that. Crazy times. Um, my last thing with postpartum that I wanted to say this was another thing that took me by surprise was you know <laughs> once i got past those first six weeks i was like okay i'm feeling great like i i and i say this in quotes beat postpartum depression and anxiety like go me go hormones mm -hmm. and they came back swinging like a motherfucker at three months postpartum i mean i was darkity dark i had a good sleeping baby mm -hmm. i have an incredibly supportive husband that doesn't matter. Your hormones do what they're going to do. Yeah. And I was, I was dark. And so I went, but I knew it, thankfully. And I went to my midwife and I was like, how is this normal? Like, why is this happening now? Yeah. And she was like, it's perfectly normal, especially when you're still breastfeeding because your hormones are all over the place. So I started Zoloft at three months postpartum, mm -hmm. um, which for those who don't know, that's right now the only studied uh, depression and anxiety medication that's safe for breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, so that's basically your only option. So that's what I started. Uh, thankfully, I had no real side effects besides some crazy dreams. Um, and my midwife recommended that I do it for six months. Ah, wait, and hold then... on, pause. I said Zofran like an idiot. That's nausea medication. I was on Lexapro. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's okay. So I thought it, I thought it was too. I'm thinking about the one you just said, and I was like, wait, that sounds familiar. And then I just had to look it up yeah. now in my past prescriptions, and I was just like, yeah. Ah, well, because I think Zoloft and Lexapro are like the two most popular. Yeah, that are um, safe for pregnancy yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she recommended I use it because that was my biggest concern. I was like, well, how do I know when to stop? You mm -hmm. know, like how do you know when to wean off and see how you're doing? And so she recommended six months, which ironically worked out perfectly from when we were moving from Georgia to here. Mm -hmm. And with TRICARE in the military, it's always just a shit show trying to get your stuff transferred. Yeah. So I actually was able to just say, forget it to the prescription and wean off. Okay. Like, and by wean off, I broke my pill in half for a few days and did it that way. And that was literally as of maybe two weeks ago that I've now stopped Zoloft. And it's still a little early. But I will say, I, I definitely feel better. Mm -hmm. Better than I did it <laughs> three months. Three months. Before, <laughs> yeah. And I think I have better tools of how to work through my anxiety and depression when I'm having those moments. Plus therapy. Oh, yeah. I didn't say that. Therapy, 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 therapy. Yeah. Everybody should go to therapy. <laughs> I agree. What are um, some Even of those you... tools you mentioned? Um, 
So the biggest one, which I'm sure you've heard of or been told is, it sounds so simple, but when you actually do it, it, it makes all the difference. And that's just taking some deep breaths because your fight or flight mode with anxiety in particular is, that's what it is, right? It's your fight or flight mm -hmm. is always, um, I forget what it is that it's taking over, but it's in charge when it shouldn't be basically. Mm -hmm. And so the way to take, take that down is to literally just breathe. And so my therapist would say, just take deep breaths or even the other thing that she said, which was interesting was wiggle like a part of your body, starting at your toes and working your way up. Mm -hmm. So just sit down, wiggle your toes, then roll your ankle, bend your knee, move your hips around, like, and just work your way up and you're just breathing the whole way through and you're distracted. Mm -hmm. And then the thought kind of just moves Passes across. Through. And I, this started for me with pregnancy with my intrusive thoughts because they were so bad. Pregnancy, postpartum too, but really pregnancy. Um, and that would help. And she would just tell me, acknowledge your thought. So let's say again, trigger warning, baby loss. The thought was stillbirth. I'd be like, okay, hello. I acknowledge you're here, but this isn't real. This hasn't happened. Take a deep breath. And then it kind of just moves out. Yeah. And then like, obviously that doesn't work for everybody. And sometimes medication is just the fix. Like you could do yeah. all the deep breathing in the world. And it just won't help. It's not going to fix a chemical imbalance in your brain. Exactly. You know, which helped me to understand as well that, that at that three months postpartum, she was like, your body just went through trauma and your brain is chemically imbalanced. It's okay if you need meds. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes you just need that justification. Yeah. From a professional to be like, no, this is normal. Here you go. Yeah. And that was exactly what I needed. So I know, I know we're talking about a lot, a lot of uh, tough and emotional oh, topics God. right now. <laughs> so I figured we'll just get this one out of the way and then we can mm -hmm. move on to a bit more on the, the uppity up. Fine. But yeah. um, so I know when you were, I think you were a teenager, you lost your mom. Mm -hmm. And how do you think that has affected you throughout your pregnancy, throughout being a mom yourself? I got to use my exercises and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yes, yeah, so I lost my mom when I was 12. So right before puberty. Um, going through pregnancy. Oh God, I'm going to cry. Without having your mom. Oh. is one of the hardest things I've ever done especially with the pregnancy I had and I don't mean physically I had a I should disclaim I had a perfect <laughs> pregnancy physically I had the birth I wanted I didn't even tear like I was very lucky with my pregnancy and birth um but mentally it it wrecked my world and then to not have my mom also had a rainbow baby and so all I could think about was like how cool it would be to be able to sit down with my mom and have her help me through this as someone who unfortunately had been through it and I was her rainbow baby it made pregnancy harder but it's also made everything sweeter 
and it I say that in the sense of I don't and I'm sure there are times where I do but I really don't take anything for granted and I really try especially knowing how quick you can lose your mom or a parent to do the best for Isla and I, I know every parent does but when there's an added layer of knowing how it feels to have that missing piece, that giant missing piece. It just, it, it makes me want to make the most of every single day with her and be as present as I can with her and be the best version of a mom that I could be for her. Like my, my mom was for me, you know? And I mean, I could talk about it forever. It, it changes everything. It, it, it really does. And my uh, Isla has her grandma's middle name, Isla Lori. So I will say her name on here because she was the best. Um, it was hard, but it's also in the sense of having a guardian, guardian angel is beautiful. And, I um, will never. I think your whole pregnancy, and I'll just never forget any moment of it because you just had... I don't know, like, we weren't really, me and you weren't really, like, close, close in college, but you were still, like no. I said, we were, you were still one of the people that I really looked up to and admired, and then we got closer talking on Instagram when you created your fitness page and whatever, and yeah. and when I tell you, like, I bawled my eyes out when you made that first post saying that you, you know, you miscarried and then you're pregnant again, like, I was, I very vividly remember I was sitting on Carlos's couch in Queens and I read it and I just started crying he's like what's wrong and I just I had no words I couldn't talk about it I was just like <laughs> I and then so when you posted the pictures of your maternity oh my um, god oh my I, god I should talk about those I had <laughs> shivers I had I remember you texted me right away oh my god I was I literally, I sent it to my mom. I was like, mom, look at this. I told my mom, I was like, this was, yeah. no, oh, yeah. this is who I was in school with, whatever. And mm-hmm. I sent her this picture. I think I showed so many people this picture and I would, everyone got no. like, <laughs> like goosebumps. So yeah, that was one of the coolest. About your pictures. Yeah, that was one of the coolest. Ones and I'm going to post life. it on the Instagram too. So that way people can yeah. know what we're talking about. <laughs> sure, sure. So basically I decided to do, um at home maternity photos because one I didn't want to pay for it and two I also did not feel sexy while pregnant Mm -hmm. like as much as looking back I was like okay you look perfectly fine yeah you know hindsight's 2020 I felt like a whale so I was like all right let me just take him in my backyard with my best friend and so all we did was throw up a sheet over the fence and go to town with a few outfit changes but one of them I was like nah let's be butt-ass naked and so I got naked I laid on the ground and I was just doing that typical with your leg over the other leg and covering my boobies. And she took a few pics and we go to look at the pics and she saw them first. And I just see her mouth drop. I mean, I swear it hit the floor. And I was like, oh my God, like with my nipple out, like what, what's wrong, you know? And she's speechless. And I go and look at the pictures and right over my belly is a perfect rainbow. I'm Only crying. over my belly. Okay. I got I got chills again. <laughs> and I looked at Alicia and I was like, if this isn't a sign, I I don't know what else is. Like it hadn't rained. There was no reason for a rainbow. 
and it was just like you saw perfectly over my belly and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and I was not going to share those photos because I was technically naked even though you don't see anything but once I saw that rainbow I was like no I gotta show this and I only posted it as a story right yeah yeah and um because I didn't want people to be able to screenshot and like do yeah. things out but um yeah it was I really actually held on to that for a while because we took those pictures I think at 32 mm-hmm. and I went to my due date so for eight weeks I would think back to that quote unquote message from my mom just be like okay no she's gonna be okay she's gonna be here that had to mean something it had to mean something and I would just tell myself that and I was never like that before pregnancy like looking for signs and shit yeah. I wasn't I wasn't that woo woo person I really wasn't <laughs> and I don't say that in a negative context at all yeah because now now I definitely am and come to find out all those little signs that I thought were signs I fully believe they were and it gave me that perfect little girl so yeah you have full permission to share that photo because it's it's crazy i haven't i haven't looked at it in a while and no no she says she look i know you said you felt like you look like a whale but like i've never seen a sexier pregnant person than in those photos (laughs) well kyle would love you saying that (laughs) because that guy oh my god wanted to jump my bones every chance he got Uh while pregnant i was like this is so weird (laughs) well and you know how it is too towards the end it's like i can't do anything so sure i'll lay here (laughs) have fun (laughs) i can't oh i love it oh god hindsight is a wonderful thing it is but also i should just say because i love to brag about this for my my mean girl fans my daughter was born on October 3rd. I can. <laughs> and I had posted a story the day before. I remember right before this. Labor started. I remember yep. this. Right before labor started. It hadn't started yet. So I didn't post that knowing anything. And I posted it in the morning and I was like, listen, little girl, tomorrow is October 3rd. It'd be really cool for you to come on that day <laughs> as a Mean Girls fan. I and lo and behold. That. Labor started, like, right after, and then she took her sweet-ass time coming out. And, um, yeah, October 3rd, baby. I love it. I can't wait to watch it with her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So now moving into more upbeat and happiness. Um, Uh So what's your life like now, being, like, a stay-at-home mom? I know you're not working right now. You're just, your whole job is to just take care of her, which 100% is a job. It is a full-time job, if not a full-time job, so. You can't convince me otherwise. Oh, no, absolutely not. So, what's your, your life like doing that? What's your life like being a military wife and moving around all the time, especially now that you have, so. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, so this move was our first one with a baby, a crawling baby. And I say that because as a mom, you know, before they're mobile, oh. mm-hmm. it is a cakewalk. Come on. Now she's, and I have a crazy child. I mean, the second she should, she could crawl, she gets into everything. Yep. She is the fastest crawler I've ever seen. She has no fear about anything. Her and Emily can it's, race. Yeah, she kills me in the best way, but she kills me. So moving 
this was the first move where actually Kyle just kind of had to go first and then we flew in after because yeah. it would just be too much, especially that was our furthest move from Georgia to Colorado. There's no shot that I could be in the car for, no. I think it was like 22 hours with the eight month old. So yeah, military wise, moving wise, it was a challenge, but it was actually my easiest move because I didn't have to <laughs> unload the truck yeah. <laughs> and move in for the first time because we never pay for the army to do it. We always do it ourselves mm-hmm. um, and just get reimbursed. So it was easier for me. And then we just hung back with my best friend, Alicia, and her baby, who's 20 days younger. Um, so that part was a cakewalk. Um, stay at home life in general. Let me say for, I love it. I love it. I really, really do. It's what I've always wanted, especially since losing my mom. Mm-hmm. It is, I know how much of a privilege it is. I know moms would kill to be a stay-at-home moms. I, You know me. I'm never yeah. not thinking about other people's points of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that. But on the other side, <laughs> it is the hardest job in the world, especially, and this is to not, This is not to knock anybody else down at all who has help or what have you. But when you are in the military and you don't have family Mm -hmm. to just come over and give you an hour to go on a date with your husband or whatever, I think it took us, I posted about it, but I think it took six months until we went on a date or just had time without the baby. Yeah. It's, it's just another layer to the onion, right? Of like a very hard situation for anybody but it definitely makes it it's another challenge and it's another challenge you and your spouse have to make sure you're you're working on and you're communicating about yeah which thankfully we do really really well um but sorry i'm losing my train of thought <laughs> it's <laughs> there's so much to it you know like i know one one moment it's the best job in the world the next it's the hardest one moment you're so happy the next you're hysterically crying like yesterday i was i was a roller coaster also now being off so long i'm just not as leveled out you know where i was just so overstimulated i was so touched out i basically screamed at kyle who had done literally nothing mm-hmm. to leave me the f alone and i just sat you're in the nursery yeah i was like just leave me alone like that was literally real i had just screamed at him who they hadn't done anything, but I was like, I'm so, this is so much, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and they're fussy and you just, you have no one to pass them off to. Mm-hmm. He had to go into work for a little bit. And yeah, it's, it's the most, how do, how do you put it? Rewarding and most, overwhelming. Yeah. Perfect. The most rewarding job. And Kyle's talked about that too. You know, he's like, well, at least your job is super rewarding. Cause he knows, he knows to refer to it as job because it is. Yeah. And, um, I'm like, you're right. You're a thousand percent right. Because I'm raising our daughter, which is the coolest job in the world. Yeah. You know, um, I love it. It's just, it took, it takes those few months to, and that's another thing I wanted to talk about is finding your groove and figuring out your new normal. Because like I said, those first few weeks, even months for me, I was like, what the F did I do? Like, how am I going to be myself again? How am I going to have time for myself again? How am I going to work out? How am I going to eat right? Like, how does this all work out? I could not see past the overwhelming stress. Like, I just couldn't get past it. And um, the best way I can describe it is just one day, it does. 
one day you find a rhythm and you find a routine and you're like, okay, this is my new norm. You just accept it one day, at least for me. Yeah. And I feel like it's always changing though, too. You're like, you're always going to have to create, like we were talking about, like when they're not mobile and they'll just sit in the box all day. (laughs) Fantastic. But once they start crawling, once they start walking and then they like, Emily doesn't walk yet. She like can walk and hold on to things. Mm-hmm. But the little animal gets on her pack and play and decides she's going to do pull-ups on it. And I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, they would get along well. Relax. So you yep. always have to, you know, be watching. And it's hard because yeah. now, like, for me, like, working. And I've been doing so much mm-hmm. overtime lately that it's insane. And then I'm trying to do this podcast because it's just something yeah. that I want to do. Uh, plus going to the gym and wanting to spend time with her, like, it's such so a much. mix of emotions, too, because I'm like, all right, well, I'm working so I can be able to really afford things. And I'm the podcast is something I want to do. I'm working mm-hmm. on something I want to do. But I'm like, all right, well, when am I going to spend time with her? When am I going to hang yeah. out with her? And then those thoughts go through your mind, like, oh, I'm a terrible mother. I barely spend time with my child. Yep. But then last night, I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday off this week. So nice. Thursday, I worked eight hours overtime just to make some money. And then yesterday we spent the day with my mom. And then at night, like I made sure like I just played with her for like two straight hours. Like she was just Mm -hmm. hysterically laughing all night. And then like I felt good because like I knew I spent that time with her. I was Mm -hmm. making her laugh. I was playing with her. I was giving her attention. And you know what? She slept till 6 a.m. this morning. So I was like. Nice. (laughs) Oh, I wanted to talk to you about that. (laughs) About baby sleep real quick. Real quick. Yeah. So. You know, I will say, we were blessed with a good, 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 good sleeper mm-hmm. from about three months, maybe four months, from about four months to seven months. Just slept through the night. Absolutely chill. Wow. Was a miracle baby. But then. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no is the correct thing to say right now. At seven months, something happened. Something switched. And she said, oh, no, motherfucker, don't get comfortable. And she wakes up multiple times a night oh, now. It's sleep regression. But it's been since seven months. She's nine months old. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. is this? Last night, for reference, it was 10 o'clock, oh, no. 1 o'clock, 5 o'clock. I'm like, what is What this time does she go to bed? Seven. Like, every oh. night without oh. without a hitch. Seven o'clock. Yeah, no, this this child uh, stays up till like nine, ten o'clock. Oh, Isla would never make it. She would never make it. Yeah, no. She she's... is she is like me with a schedule, and she needs to be on it. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. very type A, which was why having a baby was so hard for me. Because I was like, what yeah. has changed? I don't want it. I don't yeah. want it. See, but like that that schedule works for us because me and Carlos both do midnights. So well, right now he does like six p.m. to two a.m. He won't get home till three. So, like, I feel like the later, well, we try, mm-hmm. I like to think like this, but, like, the later we put her into bed, the later she'll sleep in the morning. On my toes, that's about all I can say. Oh, wait, wait, you said the reason that you put her into bed so late, so early at 7. Oh, yeah, because I need, I need those two, two to three hours to hours. myself, especially yeah. after being with her when he's at work. Okay. Yep. For 16 hours. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a nice three-hour break. I'm like, I love you so much, but mommy needs to be... Cassandra for a little bit yeah yeah so that's important to us and also now that she's so used to it if it's a minute past seven o'clock she's an absolute disaster 
<laughs> but that goes back to the change thing. I think that's what was so, so hard with me with having a baby was like you said, that constant change. Yeah. But what, what happened to me was just one day I woke up and I was just like, all right, this is the new norm. I finally accepted it. <laughs> like yeah. you get to a point where you just accept it. Yeah. And it, it just makes it so much easier. Like whether it's dropping a nap or they're crawling or they're walking or you just adjust yeah. and you figure it out. Like yeah. if that's not motherhood in a nutshell, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um. So what's, what are some like upcoming goals you have for whether it's yourself, your family? So... Um, I decided, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't run, that I wanted to run a half marathon. <laughs> okay. And so that's, and let me disclaim that I decided that in Georgia and now I'm at 8,000 above sea level. Yeah, um, but the Georgia humidity is, is something oh, to be reckoned with. So. Yeah, true. So that's on October 1st, um, and it's a half. And I decided I wanted to do that because especially as a stay-at-home mom, I think it's important to have something for yourself that's like a goal for yourself and something that they can cheer me on for. And by they, I mean Mm -hmm. my husband and my baby. Yeah. Especially with Kyle being in the military, he always has, and how amazing he is at his job, he always has some award or something to look forward to or something that I could cheer him on for. I was like, you know what? I want something. And I'm, you know, at this point I was seven. I was like, I'm seven months postpartum let's do something for me. And of course, like, you know, I like being active and mm-hmm. going from not running to then be able to run a half marathon. And it's also the same weekend that she would be one. So exactly a year yeah. postpartum, which I thought would be cool. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. That's why I did it. I'm excited. Um, did Vicky put together your program for you? She didn't put it together, but of course I texted okay. her right away. And yeah. I was like, Tell me what shoes to buy. Um, give me all Wait, the I think you. I think when I interviewed her, you were texting her. Probably, probably. Because <laughs> she was like, "Oh, Cassandra's texting me right now." Yeah, we've randomly grown close too, just like with me and you, where yeah. you're not really super close in college, and then all of a sudden, life just brings you certain things in common and it changes everything. Oh, college, college is horrible. Is not real. <laughs> college is horrible, especially sororities. They're not real. Mm-hmm. Not real at all. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't even get me started on that one. Um, so yeah, so getting ready for the half marathon and then just still doing yoga for uh, flexibility and mental health reasons. Yoga definitely mm-hmm. back to the breathing thing just keeps me um, level-headed. So yeah, you know, right now she's at two naps, and during that first nap, I'll try and do yoga. If my brain will let me not clean the house, I'll do yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that feeling yeah and then I just try to make sure I get out especially now that we're in Colorado which is a lot easier um just get outside get some fresh air get some vitamin d you don't think it's gonna make a difference but it does it definitely does um yeah so that's it right now just trying to run what is it I don't even know how long it is 13 miles 13.1 13.1 thank you add up Eight thousand feet above sea level. Jesus. Yep. 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 To put it in perspective. Where's the half marathon? In Colorado Springs. Oh, it is okay. Yeah, where we live. So I have the um, the route. So when I'm a little more (laughs) near there, I can practice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Never, never, never. But I did check, you know, how hilly it is and how much of an incline Mm -hmm. there is. It's not much, thankfully. 
and then we'll see how that goes and if I ever do a full. But yeah. You won't catch me being Vicky FedEx, but you know. Yeah, me either. Me either. She's a boss. She's she a is. boss. She kills me. She's That's like, oh, thing I, just, I love it. Casually just ran 18 miles. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. I would be in a coma, but congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> well, you're doing amazing doing CrossFit. Oh, yeah. We love CrossFit. Today's that workout is was, I think I was going to throw up during it. So. Oh, God. That's how I feel running here. That's awesome. Yeah. You're doing amazing. And I am so proud of you for doing this. I know you've wanted to do this for so long. Thanks. It's going to be great. It already is great. And I'm honored Thank to be you. a part of it. And I know I'm I talked a lot. No, it's I okay. Just... But I think that was like a perfect segue into the end of it. So yeah, you're the best. Thank you so much for taking your time away from that beautiful little girl. And sitting oh, with me and awesome. chatting with me and it's a nice little catch up for us. Thanks. So thanks for giving me a break from that beautiful angel of a little girl. 